Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. The NBA Finals between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors kick off Thursday in San Francisco. This is Boston's first time in the NBA Finals since the 2010 season and the sixth time for the Golden State uh, Warriors in the last eight years. I want to propose or ask a question to my teammates because they are basketball players. In order for the Boston Celtics to win, I'm going to throw this to Tuan, the ex-Celtic. Um, to, in order for the Celtics to win the NBA Finals, what must happen? Well, I think first first and foremost, they got to they gotta be healthy. You can't have games where, you know, Al Horford misses a game, Marcus Smart misses a game. So you got to be fully healthy. I think you got to be full tilt to beat Golden State, who seem to be fully healthy throughout these playoffs. And then also you got to be smart. And I mean by that, you got to play smart. Golden State is not going to beat themselves. Um, you're talking about a team that's been to the uh, NBA Finals six out the last eight years. Mm. Um, three three guys that are probably, you know, future Hall of Famers that have been there before, three-time on, champions. So, so, Dray, so Draymond's a Hall of Famer in your eyes? Uh, that's a separate conversation. but Okay, I'll just say, because you, you said know, three, so I assume Draymond was the third I said, player. I said – Arguably going to be three Hall of Famers. And then oh, okay. say all three, I was for sure. sure. <laughs> but um, you got to be smart. So they're not going to beat themselves. So you can't turn the basketball over. You can't make a lot of mental mistakes on the court against them. Um, you don't have to be perfect because obviously Golden State turns it over a lot themselves. But you're going to have to play a smart game. Understand your scouting report. Understand who can beat you, who, who cannot beat you. Um, you can't do what the Dallas Mavericks did and let Kayvon Looney have – 21 games. Have a career career uh, series. Yeah, yeah, you know, those type of things cannot happen. I think if the Boston Celtics want to win this series, I do like the Boston Celtics to win this series um, in six games. Hold on. We're on the radio. We're on the radio, though. We'll put my, oh, he gonna throw his little lucky. He throwing on. He throwing on his yeah, Boston yeah. chain. <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing on my chain too. I got the Celtics in six, just so everybody knows. That's Ooh. how much I'm believing. That's how much I'm believing in the road Warriors. They've done a great job on the road in the playoffs this year. But I, but I, I think the Celtics have the star power. Um, I think they have the the depth. The depth they can play nine, ten guys. Um, I think the coaching, obviously, this is Yudoka's first year, but he's been around championships. He's been around um, great organizations. He's been there before. He's won two game sevens in his first year. So he's shown that he can handle the pressure. I think everything is in favor for the Celtics to take down Golden State. Yeah, now, Auntie Shantae, I'm going to throw it to you because I know you you disagree <laughs> with, with Antoine. But uh, Antoine, I, I do want to propose a question to you before I throw it to Auntie Shantae. Does mm. the Celtics not closing in out in the Eastern Conference Finals in Game 6 at home, does that give you pause knowing that they're going to be facing a Golden State Warriors team who's used to going to the Finals, right? They've been the six out of the last eight. Does, does that give you pause? Even though, you know, the Boston Celtics have been a really good road team in the playoffs, I believe Golden State Warriors haven't lost at home during the playoffs. Does that give you any pause knowing that they couldn't close out, you know, the series in six when they were at home versus the Miami Heat? Actually, it makes me um, more confident because they went through a lot. I mean, they just won three games on the road. And when yeah. you start that series off, you told me that they were going to beat Miami three times in Miami. Um, I would have. There's no way I would have believed that. And they've got it done. Um, 
the win in Milwaukee in Game Six to go into Milwaukee and yeah. save their season was 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 incredible. Um, I look at the individual play. Um, you've gave Jason Tatum a lot of a tough time when he's had bad games, but he's always responded. He has. I, so, I respect so, that. He has. Yes. So I just think they're I think they're battle tested. I think that's important when you play a, a team like Golden State and they've been there and the veterans on that team. So I just believe they're built and ready for any type of situation that's gonna come up. Let me throw it to Auntie Chantel. Uh we, we know you like the Warriors in, in this series, but if if the Celtics were to pull off the upset because the, the Warriors are favored in this series so far, uh what happened what needs to happen for the Celtics to win? They got to switch off and and make Stephen. They got to make Curry uh, play defense. Hundred percent. They got to make like him that. play defense. Um, and you know that's the thing is is, um, you know they the Celtics are a great defending defensive team, right? And yep. and they play well on the road. Each team beat each other on the road this year in their matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the Warriors haven't played a defense like the Celtics. And you know if if Marcus, like I told you, I love Marcus Smart. He's probably my yep. favorite player in the league, just just from what he does. Um, and if if Tatum plays like he should, if he steps up and, and wants to be the man and, and Jalen Brown plays the way he played, especially those last three games um, in the last series, um, I think they do that, then they have a shot. Yeah, I don't think honestly, they win it in uh, six, but I think they have a shot. I think they, you know, if they win it, they win it in seven. Yeah. Well, honestly, that was a perfect segue, Auntie, because you talked about, you know, Marcus Smart being your favorite player. I wanted to ask you guys, uh, which matchup are you paying most attention to? And mine is Marcus Smart guarding Steph Curry. Now, we know the Golden State Warriors like to do a lot of back screening to get Curry open. But I believe I read um, that, you know, when Marcus Smart is defending Steph Curry, I believe he's shooting only like 29%, which is very telling, right? And I think, you know, to Antoine and, and Auntie Chantel's point, you talked about the length and and the athletic ability of the Boston Celtics, right? How they're able to switch the, uh, on those pick and rolls. Like, you know, their bigs can cover smaller guys. Now, you do worry on some back screens if Al Hofford can get out there with Steph Curry because we know his ability to dribble the ball and create space to get a shot off. But other than that, everybody else with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they have the ability to switch. Trent Williams, uh, I mean, Grant Williams has the ability to switch onto anybody. But what what are some of the matchups you guys are, are locking in on uh, during this series? Well, the one matchup I'm locking in on is, is kind of away from the the main guys. Well, not I wouldn't say main guys, but the guys that we you typically talking about. I'm looking forward to that Clay Thompson, Jalen Brown matchup because mm-hmm. I truly believe. Uh, I know Jason Tatum got the um, Eastern Conference MVP, but I wouldn't have been upset if Jalen Brown got that award as well. I I thought he played great. I thought he was consistent. Um, His numbers speak for himself, 49 from the field, 40 from the three. Um, You look at Klay Thompson, a guy who's been out a couple years, and he seems like he's now starting to get his swag, coming off a big game, um, game five with 30 points. So I'm looking forward to that matchup because – if either one of those guys have a bad series could really affect their team in winning this championship. Those guys have to continue to be consistent, um, especially on the offensive end. So I'm looking forward to that matchup. Well, auntie. I'm just looking, I'm just looking forward to how I'm looking forward to the, that five on five matchup, right? Um, yeah. Golden state loves to operate, you know, early in that shot clock. Right. But, but, you know, Boston recovers to the shooters so well. Um, and and how they do that will drag out a lot of possessions 
um, longer than, you know, the Warriors would really, really like. So I give that advantage to to Boston. But, you know, we could talk about Golden State when we come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but let's 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 take a quick, quick bet. Um, right now, the Warriors are three and a half point favorites in game one. Who ultimately do you believe wins game one? Is it the Warriors or do you do you take the points? With Boston to cover for three and a half, or do you think the Warriors cover it with minus three and a half? I'm gonna let you go first, Twan. Oh man, I, don't, I hate betting on the on the game. It's a tough one for me. <laughs> um, you can't bet against the Celtics. I, you know, I, you know I, I got you know, you know I'm gonna take the Celtics. Auntie. Don't put me under that pressure like that. Don't put me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the Celtics, man. So you, you like the Celtics to cover that in Game One? Yeah, and it's actually pretty tough, too, because you can have a little letdown. But the great thing about this and why I believe they can cover, they got three days rest. If it was one of those things yeah. they had to jump right into the series, they got an opportunity to get a little rest. So I like the Celtics. Go, Go ahead, uh, Auntie Chantel. You like the Warriors to, to cover the three and a half? Yeah, in this game first one? game. And I also think if, if you know, there's a there's a chance. It's a game time decision, but there's a chance that, that – Gary Payton Jr. is is, um, is back from his back, fractured yeah. elbow. And and so and they're playing at home and, you know, everybody wants Steph to win his first finals MVP and they've had a long, nice rest. So, you know, I just think in this in this first game, um, I do think Boston wins game two yep. in Golden State. But I, but I think Golden State wins this first. one. Yeah, I, b- I believe Golden State wins the first one. But I, I like Boston to cover the three and a half points um, real quick. And we got to go to break. Who are you taking in the series? We want to get this on, on tape right now. Um, I'm taking the Boston Celtics in seven. I know, Tuan, I think you said the Boston Celtics in six. Auntie Chantel. Boston Celtics in six. The Warriors in six. Warriors in six. So now you guys have our bets. Evan, you make sure our producer locked those in, and we'll see what happens at the end of the series. You never know who'll step inside the green room with Danny Green. One of the premier bus drivers of the 90s, one Mr. Charles Barkley. Listen, Kevin Durant's a terrific player, but he had a chance to be the bus driver, and he's never won a championship when he wasn't one of the other guys. And I was just trying to make the point, hey, you don't get to make excuses when you don't win. That's just the way it is. Listen, subscribe, and review Inside the Green Room with Danny Green on Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. Well, the Lakers <laughs> have hired Derwin Ham. The ex-Milwaukee's Buck assistant has been chosen as a new head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. And several NBA players took to Twitter, including King James himself. This is what LeBron James said. He said, so damn excited. Congrats and welcome, Coach D-Ham. Trey Young said, this is major. Congrats, D-Ham. Um, according to uh, Adrian Wojnarowski on the Lakers hiring a Bucks assistant, Derwin Ham, Giannis Antetokounmpo, told ESPN that I'm so happy for him. He's the right fit for them. He keeps it real with you. No BS at all. It's about damn time. He deserves it more than anyone. Now, I want to bring in my two teammates who were basketball players. I want to go to Antoine Walker first. Now, it's also stated that, you know, Derwin Ham will have full autonomy, control over his coaching staff. And I just learned from you not too long ago that that wasn't a regular thing. I always thought when the head coach came in, they got to choose their coaching staff, but I guess that's not true. So how big is that for Derwin Ham to have full autonomy of his coaching staff? Um, that speaks volumes. That's unheard of, especially for a first-time ex-NBA, I mean, ex-player to get an opportunity to pick his own staff because sometimes of the inexperience, they try not to uh, um, allow you to pick your assistants and they try to pick a veteran that's assistant alongside of you. I know this is true to be, 
Teron Liu is the reason why he did not take the Los Angeles Lakers job because they wanted to pick his assistants for him and he wanted to bring his own staff. Uh, Frank Vo- Frank Vogel, um, I went to college with Frank Vogel, know him very well, and we've been friends a long time. And he not he didn't have the opportunity to pick his staff. If you saw his staff that he just had with the Lakers, the Jason Kids, the um, all those guys, they put on his staff as well. So it does sometimes it just does not happen. So the fact that Darvin Ham gets an opportunity to pick his staff, um, a he must have interviewed really really well. Um, two, they must trust his decision making, and maybe that comes from. Um, being a part of a championship situation. And then I had to think about it. I was like, well, T. Lou won an NBA championship. He was the head coach, and he didn't get an opportunity to even pick his own staff. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it speaks volumes that they, they're they allowing him um, to pick his own staff, and I'm I'm excited for him. I'm, I'm for all ex-players getting an opportunity to coach this game and not saying that coaches that didn't play in the NBA cannot coach, but – we're starting to make a, a name for ourselves. The ex players are. When you think about the success rate, um, you look at Jason Kidd and Monty Williams. Um, you know, even even Doc Rivers, Steve Nash. I mean, you yeah. look at some of these guys. T. T. Lou. These guys are starting to be successful coaches that are making deep runs. And obviously, Yadoka and Steve Kerr are two guys that are in the finals that are ex players in this league. Um, so, I'm excited for uh, Darvin Ham and. I'm a big a, a big guy about not recycling the same guys, so I'm mm. happy to see that we're getting some fresh blood in there and not recycling the same guys. Yeah, this is I am athlete tonight. I am your host, Lee Shea Doosable, with my teammates Antoine Walker and Auntie Chantel. We're discussing Darwin Ham getting the job for the Los Angeles Lakers. I want to bring in my other teammate, Auntie Chantel. Now, Antoine Walker dropped some knowledge on me and probably a lot of listeners too. I didn't know when head coaches in NBA got hired that they couldn't pick their own staff. Is it the same way in the WNBA? I I don't know if it's in the WNBA, Um, um, but I know it is in college, uh, especially Mm. college women's basketball, first year coaches. But that also has a lot to do with with NCAA rules and things like that. They like to have proven um, WNBA, I mean, proven uh, assistant coaches come in and things like that. but, you know, I, from what I understand, one of the biggest reasons, and I'm so happy for Darvin. I'm, I'm, I think he's going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so happy that, like Antoine said, he's a former player. He's an African-American former player. So, you know, him giving this opportunity is amazing. But I think if, if, I'm, not, if, I'm, if I'm not correct, the, um, one of the biggest reasons that he said yes was that Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka assured him that Kurt Rambis and the rest of the uh, Lakers brass would no longer be allowed inside coaches meetings. So Kurt, mm-hmm. Kurt Rambis, and that's one of the reasons that they think that, that intentionally or not, it kind of sabotaged Frank Vogel, but um, they, he is no longer allowed. And I think as a coach, like he never won more than like 24, 25 games a season. Um, and so, you know, you, you got to, if you're going to give Darvin this shot, then give him the full shot, give him the shot to do what he's going to do, whether that's good or bad, but you got to give him the shot and, and, you know, the administration and, and, you know, all that, look, sit your, sit your ass outside the meetings and let the coaches <laughs> do what they do and let the players do what they do. Cause a lot of times, you know, that's what messes up organizations. It's not the players or the coaches. It's the people up top who think that mm-hmm. they need to make decisions all around. Well, I want to, can I, can I, can I add to that? 
I just, can I add to that? Just to Come take on. that even a step. Yeah, go ahead. To, yeah, to take that a step further, why that's so important and that Darvin Ham wanted to make sure that those guys were not allowed in his meetings and, and, and around the team. Because whatever staff he picks is going to be people that he trusts, that he believes in, and he values their opinion. And sometimes those coaches' meetings can can be, you know, that could be some very tense situations mm. about guys' playing time, about guys who's going to be in rotation, about when guys are not playing well. And you need those meetings to be sacred. You need that to be just, it can't leave that room. And you start allowing these other voices and other people in, that's when information gets out. Um, I know for a fact Mark Jackson, um, he had a good friend on, of mine on the staff. I'm not going to bring his name up, but they had that problem where information was getting leaked out of the coach's room. Oh, wow. And, and you know, I don't know. I wouldn't say to this day, is that the reason why Mark Jackson does not have a job? But it's weird that he doesn't have one. It is. Um, you never, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just something to think about for a lot of coaches because these things, you got, when you pick a staff, you're picking people that you somewhat believe that obviously are your friends. You know what I mean? You, you believe that they're or their friends in the business that you respect in the business that they can do a good job, but you, their opinions are valued. You know, so you want to, you got to make sure everything stays in house. Cause you're going to have some, some tough meetings when you're talking about players and when they're not playing well and pulling them out of rotation, you don't want things to get back to certain players. You know, just that coaches meeting is, is really important. So I'm glad to see the Lakers are taking the right step and making sure that Darvin Ham has the right situation in front of him to be successful. Well, Dwan, uh, to, to piggyback off of that, do you believe Darwin Ham is ultimately the right fit for this LA Lakers team? I think and, he's the right why? fit. Because, well, I think he's the right fit because I think you need a guy um, that can get in your face and that players respect. Um, the Lakers that can hold guys accountable. Um, people are talking about trades and all these different things. The Lakers may not be able to make no moves. That you know, they may have sure. to come back with pretty much the same team. So the one thing, the way you get better is you got to hold guys accountable. Whether that's starting from the top, not so much LeBron because LeBron had a monster year, but. AD, about staying healthy, keeping his body together. Uh, Westbrook, having talks with him about how he can be better within this system, um, playing with these guys. He's got a full season in now. You know, that's not an excuse anymore. So just you got to have a guy that guys respect. And I think also he's a coach that's coached arguably the best player in the world for the last couple of years and Giannis. So he probably now, you know, he knows about being around the best. LeBron's, you know, in that category, AD, that once upon a time was a top five guy. Westbrook was in that. So he's got those big personalities in there. I think he can handle it. But I think he's going to be a great coach for them. Um, and like I said, ex-players have seemed to have a lot of success. It seems like to be the way the league is trending right now, and these guys are being real successful. Yeah, Twan, you made a great point, right? He's got He's coached a big personality, and I think it says a lot, too, when a guy like Gian, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is the best player in the world, comes out and backs you for getting this job mm -hmm. saying it's about damn time and like like he should have been getting these head coaching gigs you know for some time now i want to propose the same question to, to auntie Chantel. do you ultimately ultimately believe that derwin ham is the right fit for the la lakers i think he can i think he can be the right fit in that in his coaching style he's always been known as kind of a non no nonsense kind of coach um as, as an assistant coach i do think he's in a tough position though because um, it's kind of a lose-lose situation because the Lakers have two choices. Either they have to trade Russell and, mm. and deal with those consequences or 
they have to pray that the leadership is going to utilize him better or work something out. And I would hate to think that a year from now, we're talking about this same issue where they kept Russell. And then they say, well, we hired Darvin to get the best out of Russell and, and he's not getting the best out of Russell and, and, and the, the blame falls on Darvin. So, you know, I hope not. And, and hopefully if anybody can get anything out of Russell, it's him because he got to get something out of him. Um, yeah. I just wish him luck. And, and I hope, that, that the Lakers play better than they did this year. Good Lord. Yeah, quick, quickly, uh, Antoine Walker and Auntie Chantel, what, what, is, what is the ceiling you believe for the Lakers next year? Um, I think they got to make some moves. I think one thing that they got to understand, they got to get a little better defensively. Um, if you look at the teams that are in the finals and the teams, the final four teams were very good defensively. And also, they got to figure out a way, and I know it's, it's, it's easier said than done, they've got to get some three-point shooting. Three-point shooting is a premium in the NBA right now, the Lakers didn't have much and didn't have all a lot of shooting. So they got to try to figure out and find a couple shooters out there. Yeah. Auntie Chantel, what do you think the ceiling is quickly? I think the they Lakers. go to the playoffs. You think they make it to the playoffs? That's it. You said quickly. There it go. <laughs> I like it. Hi, everyone. I'm Hall of Fame sportscaster Leslie Visser. And if you love sports the way I do, the people, the passion, then you'll enjoy my podcast, In Conversation, every Thursday. I've drawn from 45 years of covering all sports with people like Billie Jean King and David Duchovny and the merry prankster himself, Bill Walton. I have reached the top of the mountain. I am having a conversation with Leslie Visser. My hero. So please listen and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Uh, Anthony, our producer, what's our next topic? Saturday night, one of the biggest boxing stars, Javante Tank Davis, put his title and undefeated streak on the line against the power-punching Rolly Romero. The build-up to the fight was legendary. It included a cancellation, rebooking, personal insults, and Tank pushing Rolly off the stage during the game. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, the fight was intriguing as well. Rolly won a couple rounds. Early rounds before Davis baited Romero and caught him with a flush left hook in the sixth, mm. leading to the fight stoppage during the post-fight interview. Roley, you know, talking his trash like he does, was demanding a rematch, claiming to have won every second of that fight until that fateful shot from Tank. <laughs> so, dudes, I started off with you. Yeah. You want to see Tank running back against Roley? Hell no. <laughs> I mean, he, he makes a point, right? He was he was um, winning most of the rounds. Some would say he won almost every round before that that left uh, hook counter by uh, Tank Davis. But that's like saying, um, you know, I, I was ahead in the race and then I tripped and fell and then they came back and beat me. Like, don't nobody care. You still lost the fight and got knocked out. It wasn't like it went to a decision, Anthony. Now, granted, to me, Roley was throwing punches I hadn't never seen him before. He seemed like he was out of character for that fight. Um, and, bro, keep your right hand up. Like, what is you thinking? You know Tank Davis is a counterpuncher. Like, he put him down. Like, dude was so embarrassed. His dad had to hurry up and take him, you know, to the backstage, get him out of there, take him to the locker room. But, no, I don't I don't want to see. The fight I want to see is the one we've been pubbing forever. It's uh, Steven Shakur, ver, uh, uh, Shakur Stevenson versus Tank Davis. We need to make that happen. But also, uh, I want to bring in our producer, Evan. I believe – you know, you you and, and Pac-Man, it's, it's a shame Pac-Man isn't here because I believe you guys made a bet. What was that bet for this we fight? Did. We bet a hundred bucks to a, to a children's hospital that the fight would go past, uh, you know, into the sixth round or later. That's what I, the bet I took. And Pac-Man took the under. So the way I look at it, Pac-Man owes UCLA Children's Hospital a hundred bucks. So, Twan, what, what's the rule <laughs> by the next road trip? So by the time uh, Pac-Man come back on here, yeah. you got to have, you got to have your money and Evan's money, right? Yeah, I'm looking for him with a flashlight. I'm searching for him right now. It's been, that that announcement that announcement was like a week a week ago when I won my bet. 
But yeah. no, but to tank situation, I, I just think that's a just to add my two cents to that fight. I just think that's not a good matchup. He's too a uh, too wild of a fighter for tank. You know, tank's more of a technician, gonna give you a better fight. You can't be undisciplined and, and think you're gonna beat tank. So I wouldn't no. want to see that again. Yeah, I, I don't think nobody wants to see that, that fight again. What don't, about you, ass, don't get your ass knocked out and then want another fight. <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. Well, Evan, Evan, got. Evan, you guys are big, big boxing guys. Would you guys want to see this fight again? Uh, I'll kick it off. Uh, no, I don't want to see it again. Uh, we <laughs> you like me. Division. Lightweight division has Ryan Garcia, has Devin Haney, uh, uh, George Cambosis. But by the way, they're fighting for the undisputed title on Saturday. Um, Lomachenko, mm. there's so many fights that I want to see Tank. 100%. I don't want to see this novice, this dude that has a drunken style, get knocked out by Tank again. I'll pass. <laughs> yeah, that, thank you. That that's what it is—a drunken style. I was yeah. looking for the right word. To he just be, he he just be throwing punches, man. But Rowley right, plays—he fights with power, though. Um, again, I, I I knew it would probably go past six, um, but um, oh no, it was past five. He got knocked out in the six. Um, but I, I thought Roley was going to show show better than what he did. Now, again, granted, he was winning the first couple of rounds, but to Tuan's point, right, you get, you got to know how Tank boxes. Like, you, you know that counterpunch is coming. Like, keep that right. And the crazy thing was, bro, he, it, like, he knocked him out up almost up against the ropes. Like, Tank was against the ropes when he knocked him out. So, like, come on, bro. You just got to better keep that right up. <laughs> or you're going to get knocked out like you did before. I Am Athlete Tonight is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Support I Am Athlete Tonight with a five-star rating and by leaving a review. That's a big deal, guys. Stop being lazy. Pick up your phones and leave a review and give us a five-star rating. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Want more? Catch the full two hours of I Am Athlete Tonight weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, SiriusXM Channel. 82. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash IAA Tonight Trial to start your free trial today. SiriusXM Podcasts.